welcome back to the show where we know if you have a brother from another mother, it is what's train wreck watching. And of course, unless you've been hiding on a outer rim planet, you know we are getting into Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. So without further ado, let's get into it with our all-star panel. Of course, you know him, you love him, your friend Jake Micah and the resident expert, wrestling extraordinaire looking to show he knows how to do it with a Tuscan Raider. Michael Partham. Gents, what did we think of this week's Kenobi only four days after the uh, double episode debut? Yo, it kind of snuck up on me that it was coming Wednesday. I forgot about the Wednesdays all over again. Like that was, it was a nice treat, obviously today. Um, man, I don't know. There's a lot of places to go with this. I was, I was enthralled the whole time though. It was, a, it was a really, really fun episode. There were times when it seemed to be a little, uh, I don't want to say dull, but uh, there were certainly moments, but in one or two moments in particular at the beginning and, of course, toward the end, that's where your mind is just blown like, oh, my God, I cannot believe we're seeing this. And it's just taking you back to when basically when you saw A New Hope and all those flashbacks. And now you're trying to fit all this into that continuity. And, you know, does this make sense? And does it make thematic sense and uh, narrative sense and all that? But, you know, aside from, you know, the nitpicking that we're going to be doing in the next coming weeks with every episode that's going to come. It's just, uh, it's just mind bending. Seriously, mind bending. There was a lot of feelings for sure. Felt like in this episode, um, it was a lot more action based. I know you're saying with dull, it kind of felt like they were constantly moving to me. Whereas last week was kind of like expose a lot on what was happening in the background the last 10 years, uh, as they kind of got into it. And, uh, speaking of getting into it here on what's train arc watching, you know, we always break down the, recent latest and greatest on streaming so if you haven't seen kenobi obi-wan kenobi episode three do not go any further unless you want to be spoiled but let's get into it folks we continue with our broken obi-wan on his way with leia uh managed to escape the planet um thoughts on this whole sequence kind of leading up to uh the darth some eventual sith lord action He's just being grumpy as hell, man. Like he'd be agreeing grumpy with like a ten-year-old. I mean, I, he, I you can tell like that he has not interacted with a lot of people over the last ten years. I think they're trying to get that home where he's just, you know, he's just being very gruff. Obviously, not trusting throughout this whole episode, and that that might um, that might be a theme going on throughout this whole show too. It has been so far, um, but yeah, just grumpy Obi Wan, man. Like you thought maybe you'd think maybe seeing like. Uh, you know, seeing Leia and seeing her would brighten his mood a little bit, but it feels like it's just taking him down another notch. So, yeah, I don't know what, what's going to actually brighten his mood going forward here, but definitely just still despondent at times. At least he's like moving, like you said, he's he was moving this whole episode, doing what he needed to do, um, and, and actually taking responsibility, which we talked about last week. He wanted no part of it at all at the first. He was happy living his mundane meat pack in life. So he's a little bit out of out of his sorts for the last ten years. Maybe that's what's making him so on edge. But yeah, just just he's gotta he's gotta pick it up a little bit. Go ahead, Mike. If you if you had spent the last ten years knowing that uh, you inadvertently caused the uh, the darkness that fell over the entire galaxy to happen, and uh, this little ten year old kid after you just escaped uh, you know almost certain death on another planet when you've just been trying to hide out and uh, keep to yourself this whole time. And she's just asking you, are we there yet? Can you use the force? Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's like, kid, we barely escaped with our lives. Can we just sit tight and let me not try to get us killed here? 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a little while for Obi-Wan to come out of his funk because he, I mean, he closed himself off in the forest and we saw in this episode that uh, he's still, he's not in shape as far as, uh, you know, Jedi uh, activities are concerned. In shape in general. That Seriously. man needs to do some push-ups or something. Like, just he, he's well, I mean, not he could, any regimen. I mean, basically, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to it later. But uh, when someone's using the force against him, he doesn't seem like he's uh, keen on using the force back right at them. Like you usually see, it's like a stand. Like we saw in episode three, it's a standoff when you got two force users trying to push each other at the same time, and he couldn't even. We didn't even see him try to do that. It took a lot of strength in the last episode just to catch Leia, as it were. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting episode because we get kind of off, caught off guard uh, with some Vader action as he's getting reports from Reva and eventually the other Inquisitors. So let's just... We're can, gonna we, can we just say, just ahead. seeing and hearing Vader again is will not be, will never get old. I mean, let, let's just take a moment to appreciate the fact that James Earl Jones is 91 freaking years old and he's yeah. still voicing Darth Vader after all this time with no problems. We haven't heard any... He's... he's from all, what we can tell, he's in good health, and we should appreciate every single time we get to hear his voice, whether it's uh, Rogue One, whether it's Rebels, or whether it's now. De- when, definitely. When I looked it up and saw that he was 91, I was in shock. Like today, I looked it up actually for the first time, at just like hearing him talk and everything. That was that's shocking. So I'm just glad that that shout out. And just ca- uh, Castle Vader in general, that was like the first five when they showed him. That was the nicest Easter egg I think I could get in any of these Star Wars things. Finally seeing that on a Star Wars screen, it just made my little heart happy. One little touch that I noticed when they're assembling his armor, his helmet and his face mask came down at the exact same time. Whereas when we first saw it in Episode 3, they did the mask and then the helmet, and that's exactly how Luke took them off in sequence. But in Empire, when we first saw the little glance like of his white, white crusty head from behind, like the uh, Imperial officer kind of peeking in on him. Uh, we didn't see like the mask on top of his head. We just saw the helmet and we must've thought, wait, is that all there is? So that's just showing you that they go on simultaneously. And that's alluding back to that scene in Empire where they must've gone on together rather than just one at a time like we saw in episode three. And just before we move on from uh, Castle Vader here on Mustafar, there's always the thing about Sith Lords kind of embracing pain. You see like Kylo Ren, in uh, Force Awakens was kind of punching himself in the one sequence to kind of try and cause himself pain. Was he looking out at the bank where he fought Obi-Wan in that one sequence? Is it cut away from him? Did he he build the castle on top of that bank that he fought Obi-Wan? Oh, man. Because it's a a waterfall, right? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Anakin is basically, a.k.a. Darth Vader, is just like a brooding teenager that never, like, grew into an adult. Like, he never got to have a childhood, like a true childhood. So he kind of is just a brooding teenager. And obviously, as evidence is looking into it, he has one thing on the mind, and that is revenge. But we want to talk about who he's looking to get revenge on. Obviously, we have the adventures of Obi-Wan and Broken Obi-Wan and Leia continue. So they're posing as farmers from Tall. They're going to this location uh, that they were given... Um, you know, where there was this, what, what were they told was going to be at this location again? I couldn't remember that. Like a Jedi safe haven, someone to get them like to back off world. They, they weren't given a lot of specific information, just someone that would help them yes. at, at the rendezvous point. I got you. So I wasn't sure if I was missing that. So anyway, so we get that. Ends up going with our guy Freck. And by the way, did anyone get misled by Freck? I thought Freck was a red herring that he was going to be like a betrayal guy. 
And then it, I thought he wasn't going to be as he going through it. I didn't get the sense that he would be of a trail guy, but I mean, on an, on an Imperial world, you should have seen that coming where, you know, people are going to sell out everybody just to do a favor for the Empire. Um, that was Zach Braff as well as Freck, which I didn't realize that after that episode. So shout out Zach Braff. Who's <laughs> <laughs> getting in the Star Wars bag. Better uh, better Star Wars cameo. Zach, Zach Braff as Freck or, or Daniel Craig as the one stormtrooper in The Force oh, Awakens. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shoot, that's a good one. I'll give, I'm you, guys, go, I'll, I'll give you... Okay, you're, who are you going to go with? I'm going Craig. I'm going Craig. Yeah, going me Craig, too. But Daniel Craig, that was that was pretty You sick. can kind of tell it's Craig if it, once you know. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever know that's Braff. So anyway, we, we get to see, and this is a nice thing, by the way, I feel like we're almost just about through all the footage we saw in the trailers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's really anything, you know, they're revealing Vader. I thought this was all stuff that was going to happen in episodes four, five, and six. It said it was front-loaded, but we get taken to Inquisitor HQ. By the way, the Empire is just one basic, like, corporation. Just being corporation is fuck. That's definitely what, like, George Lucas was going against. Because you just talk about the entire atmosphere of it all, or if it's the fact that they want to be the one to report into Vader. Like, it just reminded me of a petty little corporate battle. Like, you know <laughs> that there's similar people at Amazon, like, talking about reporting into Bezos. You know there's similar people at Tesla about talking into us doing the exact same shit that these Inquisitors are doing. And that, that was hysterical. All the, man, all the middle man is just lining up to kiss the boss's ass. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. You can take the credit. The, the Darth Vader <laughs> kiss my ass club. <laughs> He's listen. If there's a man's ass that you want to kiss, though, it is Darth Vader. That is, uh, there is uh, I would not. Well, you have to lift up the cape to do it in the first place, you know. <laughs> the, the, I mean, listen. I have nothing against her overruling uh, the 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 fifth brother. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. I, I don't know. The, I, I think I believe it's the fifth brother. Um, I have nothing with her overruling and being like, I just talked to Vader, but if you're going to use that move, like I just talked to our manager, like don't get caught by the same move later in the episode, just by them flipping the tables. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was what threw me off. Now I want to say this episode had a couple of game of Thrones ties to me. And this was where the first one went when they got the probe with Obi-Wan's information on it and they launched the probe. That's the, the probes. That scene was sick. You got all the Imperial probe droids. Yeah, but like seeing them go through the factory line and like order and be like launched out of the uh, yeah, that's what I thought was amazing. So that reminded me of the Ravens in Game of Thrones. Sorry, that was okay. So I was thinking back to when there was an epic storyline or like Winterfell's going to war and you'd see the Ravens fly out. That's what it reminded me. Sorry, I I realized I never got back to my original (laughs) there, but yeah, really love that uh, storytelling. Obviously. And I'm not going to lie, were you, did anyone else do like a quadruple take when they saw that Empire bumper sticker on Freck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that that should have given it away. Yeah. See, I honestly wasn't, I, and even in that moment, I was just thinking Freck was just like, he was going to be just chilling. Like, he was just smart. He was like, I just keep this on there, yeah. you know, so they don't bother me, something like that, which was not, not clearly not the case at all. Freck's just the guy, like, you talk about all these corporation guys, he's just the guy, the lower... You know, the mm-hmm. delivery man who everybody loves. Everybody's like, oh, man, I can't wait to see Freck today. He always puts a smile on my face. Like, everybody's got to have a role for that. Absolutely. Empire or not. Seriously, Freck was a welcome retreat for those guys. So, Obi-Wan almost blows the cover. So, we're continuing to see um, as we get to the second half of the episode here with ultimately where we see it physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, with him almost blowing the cover here. Um, and of well, course, how about, 
How about Leia coming up with their names on the spot? Like, Obi-Wan had the basic story, but he didn't have names for them. Leia made those up, like, uh, kind of improv there. Just showing off, like, her uh, quick thinking on her feet. Seriously. No, it was a, a very... Uh, I mean, the Leia actress as well has definitely absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, playing, like, a competent role, pretending to be, you know, the age of 10 and... Being absolutely amazing. Um, so we're still on Mapuzo, the mining mid-rim planet. So I like that we're finding out a little bit about the way that the Empire views the galaxy. Mid-rim type 2. So, you know, you, you get something just besides outer rim or inner rim, things like that. With that said, um, we get to the planet and the source actually reveals themselves. And it is, this is another Game of Thrones tie-in. I didn't realize it. It's the actress. L.E.R. Sam. Alaria yep. Sand, right? So I didn't recognize it until she took the hat off and everything, which actually is a credit to the actress because she does such a good job of immersing herself. Um, but yeah, what'd you think of her character and the? And it kind of added to that a New Hope uh, slash Mandalorian vibe, right? Where you can feel the rebellion around and there's a little bit of edge in the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the like the little those beginnings of the rebellion, like you can see the little sparks starting to come and everything, and just her talking about how. I think it was really cool for her to just be someone that joined up with the Empire as someone who thought they were going to do well, thought that that was something that the galaxy needed and then realized it wasn't. I think that there's a lot of those people within the Star Wars universe. You don't hear that a lot. It's always just been good guy, bad guy. But there's obviously reasons that people were looking to the Empire for stability in that time. And there's not a lot of choices when it comes to some of those things. So I thought that was a really neat thing. And like you said, she is she's an awesome actress. She was one of my really favorite good. parts of Game of Thrones. Uh, with the snakes there so i was really happy to see her in this episode it kind of reminded me of uh episode seven when uh finn uh basically is in, uh in the first order and on, on the spot decides you know what this ain't for me i'm not into massacres here <laughs> and uh so it, te it tells you that uh, after the cloning stops they're trying to indoctrinate these people from a very young age but it doesn't yeah. always work sometimes they're eyes are open from very traumatic things that they're being either asked to do or they're being shown. So that, there, there's the new hope for the, the Star Wars galaxy is that they can't brainwash everybody. And there is no better transition of a new hope. So Obi-Wan is with, again, I, I can't remember her name because I don't think it ever got brought up, but she, you know, she rescues Obi-Wan and Leia uh, and just getting ready to move them off planet through a uh, safe house. We got like a hidden room. We got everything being busted out here in the Star Wars universe. Oh, uh, that's now, Tala. Oh, Tala. Okay, Tala. gotcha. Tala. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we get it. We get something that I was not expecting till at mm -hmm. least the last two episodes of the season, maybe at mm -hmm. a maximum. We get Darth Vader on screen, and he is on a rampage shots um what, what was going through your mind when the inquisitors were lined up and obi-wan was looking out uh with a, in, a, in a look of panic when he first starts uh, dragging all the colonists or whoever and the first person he like chokes he's holding up and floating him and choking at the same time we've never seen that in like star wars can i think it might have been portrayed in like some fighting star wars games but he's literally doing the vadering meme where, you know, someone jumps and they act like they're being choked at the same time you have to take that snapshot, right? Well, Vader's never done that. Vader's choked people and maybe he's floated to one or two people or things for whatever. But he's never done it at the exact same time. He's never done the Vadering meme, like, all at once. So that, I think I think they were trying to allude to that a little bit. But, I mean, that, did, 
you did yeah. look at Obi-Wan while he was doing it, too, kind of? I, I, I felt like that I don't was think any, I don't think anybody knew Obi-Wan was there. They were just choking fools left and right, snapping a neck here and there, dragging people yeah. literally in the streets. And he's just trying to draw Obi-Wan out. He's just trying to say, hey, look at me making these people suffer. Come on, come on out and stop it. You know, honor your Jedi code or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things I took away from this is this series not afraid of being dark. We talked about it last week. Like the opening scene was obviously pretty dark, pretty twisted. Um, and just seeing like what he could do what he was doing with the, I mean, he snapped that, he snapped some, it was, I think it was a child's neck right there. Oh, he was going right full episode yeah, too. Not just like the this, men, the women and no, children it was were getting too. My it goodness. Was everybody, yeah. And it is just like, I feel like it was much, he knew, I think in my mind at least, he knew exactly where Obi-Wan was kind of hiding out and was just doing this as a way to like get him out. Like be like, what is this man, what's left of him? Like, is he going to come out, try to be the hero and try to save these people? And Obi, Obi didn't. Again, another scenario where, like, in the first, it was first or second episode, whatever it was, with Uncle Owen last week, where he, Owen's just sitting there with a lightsaber up to his neck. Obi doesn't react, do anything. And this is the same vein. He watched, Obi-Wan watched, pe like, four people get killed in that moment. And that's not something a Jedi would usually do. So I think it's a, it was a great way to show how far away Obi-Wan is from the guy we remember and how close Vader is to the guy that, or th that he is. He is Darth Vader in this moment. There's no, there's no Anakin left there anymore after ten years. Like I, that, I, I want, the, par I want the Partham percentages on how how much is Anakin after this. <laughs> but I got two more. I got two things real quick. The third are, are the Game of Thrones connection. Him snapping the people's necks was like Ramsey Bolton sending out uh, Rick and Stark before the battle. Oh. He was trying to get Obi Wan off his Arena. game. He was trying to get into his head or whatever. You um, notice he did. As he, as he was walking there, he didn't say a word. He didn't say a word as soon as he walked off the ship. He was just immediately, you know, just snapping the fool's necks. It was almost like Jason Voorhees in a horror movie where he's right there and he's just slowly making his approach and he's just trying to hide out in the bushes or whatever. And he knows you're there and he, he knows you're, he's going to eventually uh, flush them out. Seriously. Um, and then, so, of course, Leia and Tala, was it? Uh, obviously, run down the safe house or try to escape out of the tunnel to the pilot. So we're getting a lead on with this pilot. It gets the pilot gets mentioned a couple times. I don't know if you guys felt it a little teased by that, but oh, there's gonna be this pilot. Like Wes, I'm like, oh, who's it gonna be? So, anyways, this is when it all comes to a head, and the Vader rampage reaches Obi Wan. Vader takes the lightsaber out, and I feel like Vader has been waiting, you know, realistically years, if not the full decade, for this moment. Obviously, when you see the scene, uh, pretty much dreaming about it, fantasizing about it, looking for his revenge. And Obi-Wan just bolts. Did anyone else like chuckle a Dude, little bit when no, I was, right out of the gate? I was like, what is this man thinking? Like he literally just saw Vader in in front of him and was like, I'm just gonna go to the left and he's gonna have no idea where I am. Bro, I didn't like, even just... think of this one. This, this is like this is like in Game of Thrones when when Reek is getting challenged and he's got the sister and he just jumps off the boat. Like just completely inexplicable. Like, yeah, like running from Vader, dude, you're an old man. Arthur, what was he thinking? He's he's out of shape. He's out of, he's he, he's not in his right mind. He's seeing a he's literally seeing a ghost right in front of him, and he doesn't he's not sure he he's trying to lead Vader away from Leia. All he's trying to do is distract Vader. Is all I'm thinking right now is that Leia's going through the tunnel trying to reach the rendezvous point with the pilot, and he's just trying to keep Vader busy. But at the same time, you know it's you know traumatic things are coming back into his memories, and he's seeing. 
it makes perfect sense that he's reacting this way because now we go back to episode four and see how he reacts when he meets Vader in the hall in the Death Star. It's very casual. It's very, ah, there you are, long time no see. When, if that was the first time he had seen Vader after everything that happened and what Vader's become, he would, you would think he would react like this, like in this episode three for this series. Like, oh my God, you're this you're this half machine, half man now, and you're still alive after all this time, and you're still causing chaos and bringing evil to the universe, and what have yeah. I done now? It, it, it lines up better with what happened in episode three to what Obi-Wan's Obi reaction would be the next time he saw him. So now when we go to episode four of the, of the main movie series, it's like, yep, there you are. Facts. That's a great point because you, you're, you're like, he knows it's Anakin, right? Like, because of the force sensitivity and everything. He knows who it is in there. But then seeing that monster, what it, it would be a monstrosity, like right in front of you and being like, what? That? Like, trying to put those pieces together and sp speaking of everything definitely would be traumatic. I still think that running listily to the left, probably not the best strategy. Probably could have ran a little <laughs> bit of different, maybe a little bit more speed in there. You know? Yeah, put some juke, something. I don't know, but. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was terrifying. It was horrifying to, to see, like, just the cinematography from that little bit, I think, was interesting. Um, but it was definitely, it felt like horror movie. Like, they were trying to just make Vader seem like this big monster movie villain. And it, and it worked to an extent. And yeah, so you leave with, you know, Obi-Wan obviously horrified. You leave, I mean, he tries, to, he tries to do the same thing. Vader goes to Obi-Wan, I am, like, how, what you made me. So obviously you see that emotion, you see that, you know, angst, he's that, still, you know, yearning for revenge. He's still very rage-filled. He's still dwelling on what happened 10 years before. And again, to bring it forward to what we're going to see in episode four, 10 years later, it's like, oh, now you were, I was but the learner, now I am the master. And your power's a weak old man. Now he's, now he's actively taunting him. He's not so much dwelling on his hate. Now he's just mocking him when he gets a new hope. That, and that's what I want to talk to you guys about. So obviously, um, you know, we see how it gets down. We see Obi Wan escape. Obviously, Obi Wan looked pretty pitiful uh, in this in this matchup yeah. here. He cut himself but off when the he goes to that, get back into it. When he goes to that line, when we last, you were, I was with the learner. You know, the roles switch. Is Obi Wan gonna get one last moment in this series? Maybe a little fire off mm -hmm. of Qui Gon. Maybe a little something. Uh, to kind of pwn Vader uh, going into this new hope. Because I, I agree with what you said. This this interaction alone kind of lines them more up. But I feel like we need one more kind of interaction where Obi-Wan gets yeah. the best of him going into A New Hope to truly oh, kind of... Oh, this was just a tease. This was like yeah. uh, the first fight in King Kong versus Godzilla. The, the okay. main oh, event so still come later. So this is, yeah. this is basically like when WWE does a DQ finish. Like, yes. like we're like, like oh, you know, yeah, like, oh, but we're really going to go at it in hell in a cell. Yeah. There's, there's one thing that uh, I keep thinking about for those who have seen Rebels. It's that scene, and for those who haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but you should see it, and this will be an incentive for you to see it. There's a scene where Vader contacts the Emperor, and he talks about, you know, uh, Anakin's apprentice is still alive, and this could lead us to other lost Jedi. And Vader remarks, such as Kenobi, and the Emperor says, perhaps if he lives. Which means that, as far as the Emperor knows, whether Vader tells him what's happened here or not, there's a possibility that Obi-Wan might not survive uh, what happens in this series. If the producers, you know, made a note of that little continuity and are going to make an ending where there's a knockdown, drag out fight to the death. And it seems like Obi-Wan dies, but really hasn't. And he just 
goes back to Tatooine and goes back to the solitude. I uh, can we talk about just the the fight there and just the Vader just trying to drag him through the fire? I mean, that was like talk about some kind of some kind of payback, and it really but it hurt Vader in the long run because like how long has he been looking for this man? Literally for ten years, he's been looking for him. He has him right in front of him, literally holding him up with his own power, and he decides, no, I'm gonna torture him to death right now. I'm gonna make him feel exactly what I did. And that comes back to that comes back to bite him in the ass at the end of this episode. And now you get a staring off, despondent Vader and helpless stormtroopers running around who can't seem to find the way around this, this mean, line of fire. Hell, There's like, where is it? I can't find it. Despondent Vader and helpless stormtroopers is just not a, not a good combo. I did have a little it. trouble believing that Vader would be that helpless. He started the fire in the first place, and now all of a sudden the fire is holding like, him back. Like Can you just Moses? force blow it out or something? Or I just reach across the fire and still, you know, try to choke uh, Obi Wan again. Point, it's like a it's like a cat with like a mouse that they know they can catch, but they're like batting it around a little bit. That's what it kind of felt like. He's like, I know exactly where you're at. He also probably has to know at that point that they're like, if we're Vader, on, if Vader feels Obi Wan there, he has to feel Leia on this planet too. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that he is at least vaguely aware that she is with him or something like that knowing how, kind under some whatever to stand it at least that's my belief of it i think he, and maybe I think that's he knows he's there but i don't know if he's aware of her on a force level yeah, he's because clear, he, that he, doesn't judgment's clouded dark side yeah. it's true she is and, force sensitive though and they yeah. did mention they did make the mention of hunting children any children that were force sensitive like anybody including children tala mentioned yeah. that and from what so we, that's what and made me think what we've seen in these first three episodes she's very insightful like she can like just look at you and peer right into your eye she knows when you're full of it you know and that's and that's not a coincidence that's her you know having that sensitivity without really realizing it or anything Knowing else what it is. Well, I think it was interesting, and this is going back a little bit, but the conversation of her even real, like her knowing that she didn't, that her parents weren't her real parents and knowing that she has some kind of, you know, unknown uh, parentage or lineage and stuff like that. Like those are hard questions for a 10 year old to be asking mm -hmm. anybody, let alone a stranger that they've just met in a, in a short amount of time. So yeah, I'm with you there. One thing that I think we're eventually going to see toward the end, it might be at the very end. Remember in episode six, where she has that conversation with Luke and Luke's asking mm -hmm. her, do you remember your mother? And she just says, just images, really just feelings and mm -hmm. describes Padme toward, at least toward the end in so many ways. And now she knows that Obi-Wan, Ben Kenobi, at least knew her mother in some way. I think yeah. it, there might be a little bit of a talk or maybe just a, a force transfer of, here's a few uh, images of your mother and what she was like, at least toward the end. And that's well, that, how she was her mother in some way when Luke doesn't really. And that would explain the hair thing, right? Like that they mm -hmm. like the hair similarities that they showed. Obviously, those are this is all different times that they decided to do this, but that would make a lot of sense to, that she would want to style herself after her mother or any anything of that sort if she were to find out. Yeah, this would be the perfect opportunity. Well, she probably kind of is. She has a little two little buns at the top of her head. The other, the other part of that conversation that we haven't touched on yet is Obi-Wan mentioning that he had a brother, which maybe you guys knew yes. beforehand that I'm not aware of. But that feels like something that isn't Planning just a throwaway mention. Yeah. And, and his brother is not going to be Force-sensitive like a, another Jedi because they would have picked him out too, not just Obi-Wan. Sure. So that, could, that, that, that definitely could be a, something down the road for another series. But uh, it's not going to be like a 
oh, his brother is force sensitive and he became a Jedi. I'll just be uh, the brother of Obi Wan popping up for a different adventure. Yeah. For some reason, however, they're going to do it. I don't know. I don't know what's crazier that Vader literally wanted a plot to like fire kill Obi Wan in like the most painful way possible, <laughs> or that this series is going to be over in three weeks. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot going on still. Seriously. And it feels like it just got started. But hey, we're just getting started here at What's Trainer Watch. Anything left, boys? No, man. This Any is... spec? Any predictions we want to get in? Any predictions? Um, I'm no, I don't I don't know. I think that it's gonna be um shoot, man. I'm just excited to see the like you said, the Vader, the second ma matchup because they said that they swung, you know, leading up to this said that they swung lightsabers a couple times. That doesn't feel like the only fight we're gonna get. And it better not that, be that the only thing we see from Obi-Wan. I mean, come on, man. Since I'm it just making as many references as possible, that fight was basically Hogan Sting from TNA. <laughs> like, like it was two great personalities you want to see anyone would sign up for obi-wan versus vader but like jeez i mean even when like vader was just taking the most casual one-handed slashes like obi-wan was just getting pwned yeah well remember his his arms are like half mechanical that's why he holds it with like one arm he doesn't have to do much it's like it's all it's all just half his arm is metal so all i can do is just do this and how many you know people would just flesh and blood hands are going to be able to counter that even with two hands so he's just casually doing the one-handed uh not even tricks because he can't not he can't do tricks anymore because he's got all this armor on him he's not what he used to be but now he has like uh, much more strength and he's just gonna be a lot more efficient and that's what we saw in episode four with more classic swordsmanship than the twirly stuff that would be sweet if vader starts just jump doing like front flips and action and shit like that would be something no 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 it would be awesome but hey we all want to see everybody turn up here at what's train rock watching huge shout out to mike partham for uh joining us again of course he's joined us before for our uh no way home review and obviously will be joining us in the future for these obi-wan reviews don't want to tie him contractually but we make sure you're following us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Make sure you're following these guys. You got at Michael Partham, at your friend underscore Jake. Of course, all kinds of entertaining takes and tidbits along the way uh, here because, you know, at what's train wreck sports watching, uh, it's not about, you know, next week's plans. It's not about next month's uh, barbecue. It's about next, next week's, week's episode. episode.